Welcome to I Can't With You, a podcast grown out of a group of friends' FaceTime chats on just about any and everything. So go grab a mug of your favorite tea or coffee, sit back, relax, and join chai, latte, caramel, and macchiato as they continue to do just that. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. Finally, we are finally on here with I Can't With You. It's your girl, Carmel. So nobody's going to say nothing? I'm pointing for somebody to say something. I'm like, what did you do it? <laughs> Dang! Everybody can introduce themselves. Okay, now, now I know what you're doing. Because I was like, why is she pointing? What the hell is going on? Oh my God. All right. <laughs> what happened? Mine. <laughs> I don't even. You know what? Black people. Jesus, take the wheel. Where you at? She showed just disappeared. Pocus, pocus, behind. Come back. Hey, come back. Let me text her. Are we? Oh, we can't even dial her. Good grief. I'm thinking like this is FaceTime. Like, oh, we can just redial her. I don't even know. Black people. Hey guys, we finally got it going. This is I Can't With You. You got Carmel, Shy, and Latte in the building. So we're going to be definitely interviewing Miss Latte on some good questions. So we're going to start this off and kick it off. Shy, you want to start with the question? Yes. I want to know who is Shakira? Because everyone knows Kara the remix, but who is Shakira? Okay, well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, Shakira is many things. Shakira is a nerd. Shakira is an artist. Shakira is an entrepreneur. She's an editor. I am a philanthropist, huge philanthropist. I screenwrite. I got all kinds of ideas for TVs and TV shows and movies and stuff like that. Y'all will hear about that later on in the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I am also, I'm a submissive. I'm a submissive trainer. Um, I am a sexologist, an official sexologist, a real one. That's another story. Um, I don't know. I am, I'm a disabled veteran. I served in the United States Army. I am an older sister and a younger sister. Um, I'm a friend. I'm a lover. I am a proud Black woman. I am a proud uh, Jewish woman. I'm a, a proud Indigenous woman. My great-grandmother was half Indigenous Seminole. I'm eclectic. I love music. I'm a dancer, sort of, kind of, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big reader. I, I don't know. I'm a lot of different things. It's kind of hard to put me into a box or into one particular category, which is how I like it. Okay. Okay. All right. So my question for you is when you were growing up, were you more so a tomboy or a girly girl? I was a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was a full on nerd. I, I you can't quantify me as a tomboy or as a girly girl because I had moments where I was a tomboy, but you kind of had to be in my family because I come from a very big, huge sports family. So my uncle was a coach. My cousins played ball. My brother played play ball. You know, my uncles played ball. Like everybody was into sports and everybody still is very into sports. So you kind of had to, had to have a little bit of that tomboy in you, no matter what in our family. I was also a girly girl because I liked having my hair done. After I got my nails done the first time, I was obsessed with having my nails done. Not my feet, because don't nobody touch my feet, okay? At all. I don't like it. I have, I've had a pedicure maybe three times in my life, and I have specific people that I go to. And yeah, that's it. Don't nobody touch my feet. But I was mostly a nerd. When I was growing up, I spent most of my time kind of hanging out with the older people. Um, listening to the older people music. I loved asking questions about, you know, what it was like for them when they were growing up. A lot of it was because I was very much into history. So I would sit there and listen to them talk about what it was like to be Black in the South or Indigenous in the South and all this stuff. So like I said, I was a nerd. You know, everybody else would be outside playing or my female cousins would be, you know, talking about boys and getting their hair done and everything. Little latte would be sitting over in the corner with her little book, reading the little book. And, oh, what y'all talking about? Oh, okay, that's interesting. Did you know that in 1847, like that was, that was, that was me. I was a huge nerd. Anything beyond that, it was like cooking and cleaning. So I was like, uh, I, from a very young age, I was very much a domesticated housewife, um, but a nerd at the same time. I love that answer. It gives, y'all. it gives a lot of depth into you. Thank you. Especially since nobody knows who she is. <laughs> we don't get to see that often. When did you get into the lifestyle and what made you stay in the lifestyle? So the lifestyle, for those of you who don't know, is the BDSM lifestyle or uh, kink lifestyle, bondage, discipline, dominant submission, and uh, sadism, masochism lifestyle. Some people incorrectly associate the BDSM lifestyle with that Fifty Shades of Grey movie and uh, book series, but it ain't that. <laughs> Again, that's a whole different story and situation. Um, for me, I found out about the BDSM lifestyle when I was 17. I was in college. I was a freshman in college at the University of South Florida, and I used to hang out with friends of mine all the time. They were all 18 and over. They got me a fake ID. We would go down to Ebor and we would go to the clubs all the time. But most of my friends that I hung out with, they were gay. So we would go to clubs, but we would go to like the gay clubs. And I didn't have a problem with it for a long time. But there was one particular night that we went. It was about two weeks before my 18th birthday. And, you know, we were at a, at a gay club and... I was feeling particularly cute that day, okay? My hair was laid, my face was beat. You know, I had got my nails done and everything. I had me a new little cute dress on. But I'm at a gay club. Ain't nobody paying attention to me, you know? Like the only girl there, you know, that was not just lesbian and not, you know, not a gay man. So I was feeling some type of way. So I told my friends, you know, I'm gonna go walk the strip in Ebor, and I'm gonna, you know, just kind of see what I can see. I'll meet up with y'all at the car. And they're like, okay, two o'clock. Okay, no problem. So I went walking 
and I saw a line of people that were waiting to get inside this one particular building and they were dressed in like leather and some of them had collars and stuff around their neck and leashes and I was like oh it's a it's a costume club. People get to go there dressed up. Oh, that looks so much like so much fun. I want to go. Uh, I wonder if they'll let me in, even though I'm not dressed up. Well, I can pretend to be this kind of, you know, I'll be a, this actress or whatever. I, I was coming up with something. So I got in line. And when I got up to the front and handed the bouncer my card, he looked at my ID, looked at me, looked back at my ID, looked back at me and said, this is a fake ID, but I'm going to let you go on in here. And I was like, sir, excuse me. Why would you think that I have a fake ID card? I don't understand. And he said, I know my boys, I know my boy Ryan's work, but I'm going to let you go ahead and go in anyway. Just mind yourself. Don't really do anything. You can come in here and just kind of observe, but you can't really get involved. So again, I thought this was a costume type club. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I just can't enter into like the costume portion or anything. That's fine. I'll just watch. So I walk in and when I walk in there, I'm like looking around. And I'm like, oh, it's all dark in here. Oh, they got, what is that? Is that a chain hanging from the ceiling? Well, it's not Halloween, but it's kind of around Halloween time. Like it just ended being Halloween. So maybe they still got their Halloween decorations up. And I get up towards the middle of like the entryway building, the entryway part of the building. And I'm noticing that there are people that are kind of like making out around the space. And I'm like, uh, what's happening right now? <laughs> I don't what's going on exactly. And I'm like, okay, so they, they get a little frisky. That's all right. And then all of a sudden I see this big guy with this like leather X harness thing on his chest and he's bringing up this dainty little girl up on the stage and I'm watching them and I'm like what's happening what's going on and he ties her up to this big X cross thing that was on the stage and I'm like why is he tying why he tying her up what's what's going on then he turns and he proceeds to grab a flogger. And at the time, I did not know what a flogger was. So to me, it was like, why has he got that little whip in his hands? Because that's what I thought it was. And he starts using it on her. Now, the first time he started hitting her, I was like, oh, my God, oh my, somebody needs to stop him. He's abusing her. What's happening right now? And nobody was stopping them at all. And I was like, why isn't anybody stopping them? Like, I don't understand. But then I heard her moaning and I realized there were other people that were moaning and talking about how hot it was. And I was like, um, wait, she seems to like that. Let me, let me not be judgmental. Let me actually watch it. Just, I just want to watch it just a little bit. So I started watching. I was like, oh, oh, he hit, he hit her on the ass, but she, oh, she looked like she liked that. I wonder what that would feel like. I bet that probably feels that probably feel good, don't it? So um, as I'm watching it, this guy comes up behind me. And I didn't know it was a guy at first, but somebody walks up behind me and puts their hand kind of on my shoulder and says, it's hot, isn't it? Um, very deep voice, deeper than mine, because it was a dude. And I kind of turn and I'm like, uh, yeah. And he goes, I noticed you over here. The bouncer asked me to kind of look out for you. He says, my name is Jerome, but I go by Sir Thunder. 
Sir Thunder? And he goes, yeah, you'll learn about that later. And I'm like, okay, my name is, you know, give him my name. And he goes, so what do you think about this? And I go, it's interesting. And he goes, okay. So he proceeds to stand there the whole time with me. Um, his hand moves from my shoulder up to the back of my neck. And if it had been anybody else in any other situation, the hand on the back of my neck would have pissed me off or freaked me out because I would have been like, what the hell, dude? Why you touch me like that? I don't know you. But in this situation, it anchored me a little bit. So it was like, I'm watching it and I was getting turned on, but it was also like I was being protected and watched over. Um, and so when the demonstration ended, because that was what it was, and he had been talking to me and explaining, you know, this is a flogger and okay, now he's using a cane. Um, he's building his way up to something, you know, even stronger. Okay, now he's gonna use the whip. Now everybody can use the whip. You have to be very careful when you use the whip. So he explained things and it was turning me on. And so when they were finished, he, he said, did you like that? And I said, yes. And he said, okay, so how old are you? And I said, I'm 18. And he just kind of looked at me <laughs> and said, uh, how old are you really? And I said, I'll be 18 in two weeks. He said, okay, I want you to go ahead and leave. And if in two weeks you are still interested and you still want to know more, come back, I'll be here and I will teach you and train you with whatever you need to know. And I was like, okay. So I left and that's all I could think about for two weeks. And this is back in the day of like Ask Jeeves before like Google big time. And uh, I went on Ask Jeeves and basically told, <laughs> told them what I had seen and was trying to figure out what it was. Um, but in two weeks, my 18th birthday rolled around and I was still very interested. So I went back. As a matter of fact, I went back so early. I was there before they even opened the club. Like I was standing outside when it was still daylight. Like I was, I was there super early. Um, and you know, I got let in. I had my my ID card that showed that I was 18. Um, I got in and Sir Thunder proceeded to kind of take me under his wing and educated me and trained me and everything. And that was how I got into the lifestyle. Um, the reason why I stayed uh, was for a lot of different reasons. Number one, I never had an orgasm so amazing in my life. Um, it blew me away. It was fantastic. It wasn't just a physical orgasm. Being in the lifestyle and being a submissive and, and being in a scene, I was having orgasms that encompassed like the physical and the mental and the spiritual and my soul, like my brain had an orgasm. It was crazy. Um, and so it was very addictive. Well, there damn. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was also the, the sense of family that I got from it that really um, sort of intrigued me and pulled me in because it was like, yes, everybody was into kink and, you know, these are people who kind of see life and sex and relationships in a totally different way from other people. But we were a community. We were a family. I knew that no matter what, I had a bunch of people that were always looking out for me. No matter what or how I identified, there were people who were looking out for me. 
And, you know, I had mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and dirty uncles and cousins and, and everything. That was what kept me. But I mean, these were people who, you know, some of them, you would see them out and about in public. You would never have known that they were into the lifestyle. You would never have known they were into the community at all, but they were. And they came from all different walks of life and everybody had each other's back. And for me, being the older sister for my younger three siblings and then being the middle child for my all of my dad's kids, I had never really had anybody who really protected me. I had an uncle who you know looked out for me. It was very overprotective. But by the time I got into the lifestyle at 18, he had his own child by that point. So like he couldn't take that role for me anymore. But then it was like, I had all these people now. I had big brothers and, and everything that looked out for me. And it was great. I mean, it's kind of incestuous if you kind of think about it, because these are also people that you would do a scene with and some of them you would have sex with. But it was like outside of the scene and outside of all that, they would take on that role of like older brother, older sister for you. So it worked out pretty cool. So what would you say is your biggest pet peeve that you don't really mention often, if at all? (laughs) I think any kind of pet peeve I have when it comes to the community, I've mentioned it probably more than once, especially to friends of mine. One of my biggest is probably the Fifty Shades of Grey thing right now. (laughs) It's just... Uh, um, the Fifty Shades of Grey movies and the books and stuff came out and my community that was so big on, you know, basically operating kind of in the shadows, not because we were doing anything wrong, but because of the fact that people are very judgmental. We kind of had to come out of the shadows because there were people who watched the movies or read the books and thought that that was the way it was supposed to be. And then people started getting hurt. There were a lot of people that were entering into relationships without contracts, negotiation. There was no consent. Like it was just a whole thing. And so because of that, we had to come out. So the Fifty Shades of Grey is definitely like biggest pet. Like if I ask people about it, (laughs) if I say, what brings you here? And they say, oh, well, you know, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey. My eyes starts to twitch a little bit. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. Let me just let you know right now, it's not like that at all. Um, So that's probably one of them. Another one is right now on TikTok, there seems to be a surge of men who are saying that they are doms. Most of them, if not, I would say about 75 to 85% of them on TikTok have never even considered, thought about, or even, you know, looked up any type of information. They don't have an education beyond like buzzwords. They have never had any training to be a a dominant. So they don't know how to um, keep a submissive safe. They don't know how to keep themselves safe. You know, they're all on TikTok, you know, with their voices and, you know, muscles and hair and shit like that or whatever, talking about, oh, I'm a dom. And you got all these women going crazy. And so now you have women that are wearing collars and, you know, or saying that they're submissive and all this shit. And you ask them, did you get training? And they say, well, no, I haven't. Or they have an excuse for why they didn't get training. 
or they have an excuse for why they won't take classes or whatever. And I'm not even just saying they have to take classes for me and get training for me, although I am one of the cheapest out there um, or, or affordable is probably the best word. And that's because I'm trying to make it affordable for people during this time, but they're all saying these things because they think that if they wear a collar or if they call themselves submissive, or if they say, yes, daddy, no, daddy, yes, sir, no, sir, that that means that this guy's going to like them. It's really dangerous. Um, but beyond that, it just kind of pisses me off because I've been in the lifestyle for 19 years now and be 20 on my birthday this year. And when I first got into the lifestyle, I had so many people in the community who thought that because I was a black woman and I was submissive, that meant that I was into race play. So I would have people coming up like doms and stuff coming up to me and calling me the N-word because they thought it was something I wanted. Because in their experience, you know, they had come across a few black women or black men who were in the lifestyle who were into race play. So they thought that I was. And whenever I say I wasn't, they'd be like, oh, are you sure? You don't even know. You're new to this. You're a baby sub. I'm like, um, I may be a baby sub, but I don't like people calling me the N-word. Like, I don't even like hearing it. So why, why would I be okay with that? I also had a lot of, you know, people who thought that because I was a Black woman and I was submissive, I was okay with them calling me bed wench. Um, I was okay with being somebody's side piece. I was okay with, you know, a lot of stuff that I wasn't. So I endured a lot to even get to the point where I am now. I had people who thought that because I was a black woman in a lifestyle that automatically meant that I was dominant, that I was a dominatrix, um, that I was angry with all men, you know, that I wanted to put on some big black boots with the heel and step on some man's balls and say, you know, call, who am I? Say my name. You're, fil you're filthy, you're pathetic. Like that's not, that's not my personality. And then they would find out that I was very submissive and they'd you know, think something was wrong with me. And it was a whole thing. Whereas there are people out there who have to be quiet about um, their part in the lifestyle. If they are white, it's a little bit more acceptable because, oh, well, you know, BDSM and kink, that's, that's white people shit. You hear it all the time. You don't really hear Black people being in the BDSM lifestyle. And the minute I would say that I was or admit it or somebody would see me with a collar around my neck, it was a, oh, let's see, you know what? She, she just got an issue with Black people. You know what? She, she, she wanted them. She, she just don't, she, she want to be white, you know? And it's like, no, that's, this is a part of me. This is a part of who I am. There's so many misconceptions out there about the BDSM community. But it's even worse when you are a Black woman who is submissive in the community. It's honestly, it's a, it's a lot worse. And so for me, because I know what I went through, because I know what it's like to go to a munch and be the only Black person there, because I know what it's like to go to a play party and there's a hundred people in this building or whatever, and I'm the only Black woman there. I know what that's like. So to have people just kind of go, oh, well, you know, this guy is a dom, so I'm just going to say I'm a submissive, or this guy is a dom, so I'm going to wear a collar, or this guy is a dom, and I see he's paying attention to this girl, and this girl is a submissive, and she wears a collar, so I'm going to wear a collar too, so he'll pay attention to me. 
it pisses me off because one of the things I said when I used to do classes on TikTok about, you know, BDSM, I said, you are spitting in the face of me and everybody else every time you call somebody sir or daddy or whatever who's either not in the lifestyle or when you're not in the lifestyle, when you don't know the meaning and the significance behind that honorific, you are spitting in my face and turning around and punching me. And, but now it's gone beyond just saying, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, daddy, no, daddy, or whatever. When you're wearing the collar, when you're saying you're submissive and you haven't done the work, you're not just spitting on me, you are taking a shit on me. And while there are people (laughs) who are into um, things like that, even they would say that's very disrespectful because again, everything we do is something that's done with consent. Everything that is done in a scene has been worked out through negotiations and talking again and again and again and over and over and over. And these are all people who got trained and knowing what is safe, where you can hit, all this stuff. And so for somebody to just be like, oh, well, I don't care that you spent months and years learning how to do this. I don't care that to you guys wearing a collar is like wearing a wedding ring. I'm gonna put it on because, oh, this guy over here seems to like submissives. So I'm gonna wear one so that he will like me. The petty side of me wants to say, honey, boo-boo, honey child, if he liked you, he would have told you he liked you. If he liked you, then he would get to know you. He would tell you he liked you. And then if he wanted you to be a submissive, he would talk to you about that. You starting to wear a collar because you see him talking to somebody else over here who's wearing a collar is not going to get him to say, oh, well, you know what? I've been talking to her all this long time and I never really considered her. But now that she's wearing a collar, let me go ahead and holler at her right quick. Like it does not work like that. And so many of them that I see doing this are chasing high men who aren't even doms in the first place. Uh, again, that's a whole different story. And, and But that's another pet peeve of mine is people saying something they're not. But you're chasing after somebody who's not even in the lifestyle. The women that I train, the women and men that I train, the women and the men who are in this community with me, truly in this community with me, we take this shit seriously. And so somebody wearing a collar, somebody claiming an honorific, claiming a title, claiming a position that they didn't work for, that they haven't trained for, all this stuff, that's probably my biggest. Like, that's the part where I stop being selby sub and unicorn, and I just turn full on, like, indigenous Black female from the South who's a Scorpio. Like, that's when that Scorpio comes out of me real hard. That's when that Polk County comes out of me real hard. And I'm like, look, sis. Look, bruh, let's talk right quick, okay? Because, like, that's when I get agitated. But those are probably my biggest ones. Anything else I kind of, you know, I try to educate people and try to overlook a lot of shit. But those are the ones that kind of stick under my craw a little bit. Okay, so what's the newest thing that you've learned from the community since everything changes every day? Oh, my gosh. Uh I think the newest thing that I just found out, um, because you're right, you're constantly finding out about new kinks 
and new, you know, phrases and everything. But the newest thing I found out is there's apparently this new kink going around where dominants will have their submissive get into like an ice bath or step into a freezer to cool their body temperature all the way down, just border like right on the cusp of hypothermia, but not completely. Um, but sometimes to the point where they pass out. And it's, again, consent has previously been given before this happens, and then they will sleep with them. So it's like sleeping with a body, a dead body, without actually sleeping with a dead body. It's not a lot, but it's enough to where it's a kink now. I don't know the term for it. Honestly, I did not want to know the term for it. Um, they told me. I remember just sitting there going, no, no, no judgment. We we don't judge. We don't judge. No, no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> and uh, the Dom subs that I was uh, speaking to, they all just kind of laughed and they were like, baby girl, you are so funny. And I'm like, I'm trying to remind myself not to judge people. But that was the newest thing that, that I discovered. There's always something new. With each new sort of turn of the moon of people discovering BDSM and learning about the community and the lifestyle, we usually end up finding about finding out about new kinks. It's if you guys ever watch the show The Good Place, there's a part where they talk about, you know, humans are always just messing stuff up because they always turn everything sexual. That's basically it. Like we'll be sitting there we'll think we know all the kinks that are out there and then somebody will come in and be like oh i just heard about this new kink and then they'll say it and you'll be like they did that can you even do that with an apple like who does that with an apple you know like it's just it's all kinds like there's fruit kinks i learned about that a few years ago though but there's a fruit kink there i mean it i I think almost anything you could possibly think of is some sort of kink um now, there is a difference between kink and things that are just out there and things we do not consent um, or condone. Pedophilia is one. Incest is uh, basically another one. Um, and bestiality. Now, the incest thing, there are some corners of it where people are like, I mean, as long as they're consenting adults, it's all right. But a lot of us are like, yeah, no pedophilia because children cannot consent there's no way a child can give their consent it don't matter how old they are you can't give consent to 18 so and then animals of course cannot give their consent so we have we definitely have our absolutely not (laughs) but there are still kinks like all kinds you know wrapped up in plastic wrap with just holes for you know the genitals and (laughs) there's a lot out there i talk about some of the kinks in uh my how to train your sober dom uh classes on zoom uh i do not talk about them all because like i said there's just so many um and i'm always finding out about new ones all the time and i'm like why (laughs) why 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 um but yeah, that was probably the newest one. It it's like necrophilia adjacent, like not exactly sleeping with a dead body because that's illegal, but sleeping with somebody who feels like they could possibly be a dead body. So, um, <laughs> I'm 
place as a judge free zone, but um yes. Yes. Considering I'm still technically training, I'm not considering myself. Um <laughs> this that look, um <laughs> Okay, oh my God. I'm trying to figure out. I have to see who was in this 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 congregation who agreed that this was going to be a king. Because um, it basically okay. be- it basically becomes a king when there's enough people that are into it, enough people that are doing it, and we know that it's only between consenting, like everybody, like we understand that there's been consent there, which with necrophilia. You can't get consent from a dead body because they dead. Okay. So, but with this new kink, like the person has given their consent. Before they get hypothermia. Yeah. Before they get frozen, before they get put in the ice bath, before. Oh, lose man. limbs, lose toes, lose, you know. <laughs> so you lose a leg to get a Nobody is what you telling lives me. Or I'm t- sorry. We're not <laughs> judging. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. limbs or toes or anything. They just get super cold and don't move. Look, it's not my kink to each their own. As long as everybody is a consenting adult, then, hey, man, do you. Whatever's going to help you get off. Whatever's going to help you, whatever. But even that, like, if you think about the amount of trust that has See, to be. I ain't the only one. No, because, and I'm I'm going to go back on mute. I just had to say this because Chai probably thought of the same thing I did. She just didn't come off of mute. But as soon as you said, don't move, I'm like, my man, he don't move. Yeah, see, he don't move. I knew you was thinking of the same song I was thinking about when, when it was said. <laughs> Gorilla Glue ain't got nothing on hypothermia. I'm just saying. But and then I mean, another thing is, if, if I, look, we just did, look, I'm trying to make, make this make sense for me, please. Because um, if a dick is going up in me, I don't give a damn how cold I am. That friction one is going to warm me up. Two, if it's a good penis and you don't want me to move, I'm supposed to be dead? Well, no, think yeah. about it on the other side, though. Like, I could, I could absolutely understand women liking that particular thing simply because of what you just said. Yeah, you a, fro- a, fro- a, frozen, a frozen, stiff dick. There's a yes. but there's another one for that. It's called baby doll. So you literally just sit there like a baby doll. Right. Yep. But you don't have to be frozen. The baby I mean, doll, you can stay stiff and just be stiff and and and, and you're just a baby doll. Okay, you first got a of all. Of sex dolls. First of all, yes. first of all, it's called a sex doll position. It's not called the baby doll position. Get your get your terminology correct. Okay. On uh, a sex style position. Just sex style <laughs> position. But I mean, think about like I said, just think about the amount of trust that you would have to have in somebody. Yeah. You saw my freezing off niblets. I mean, make it make I'm sense to, for me. I'm about to mute you myself. <laughs> Shit. That's gotta be mighty cold to feel like she cold. I mean, good goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I have never some doctors that's going to be around there while it's going just to make sure that they don't go too far. I'm just saying, you got this, this got to be preparation. I I, I don't know the ins. I did not want to know the ins and outs because usually when there's a new kink given, I ask questions. I'm usually like, 
okay, so you say fruit kink. What is a fruit kink? How do you do this? What's involved? Like, I usually ask questions, a lot of questions. But with this one, when they explained it to me, they was like, baby girl, you got my, nope, you don't want to know nothing? Nope. Mm-mm. I don't want to know nothing else. I don't, don't mm-mm. To keep that to yourself. I'm a safe word. I'm going to say word hardcore right now. Like, no, I ain't doing it. Because I didn't want to know anything else. Usually I would get information so that I could share it with other people. But I just, I, look, I'm glad you found your kink. I'm glad you found somebody else's, somebody else whose kink matches yours. Because a lot of times it's very hard to find somebody whose kink matches yours. But I ain't the one and I don't want to know. So I just, I just had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> just, Wow. So um, we're going to go to the next question. Okay. Um, so the next question is, what are the main rules that you have to abide by in this community? Um, so as far as the main rules, it is, uh, they differ depending upon what your foundation is. If it's SSC, which is safe, sane, and consensual. If it's RAC, which is risk-aware, consensual kink. It's all different because for safe, sane, and consensual is basically you don't do anything that could possibly do any kind of long-lasting um, damage to somebody, nothing that's too edgy. You know, it, it has to be super safe. That's what I was actually trained under. Safe, sane, and consensual is uh, a part of the old guard. Now, RAG is risk-aware consensual kink, which is I am aware of the risk that I am taking by letting somebody draw a very sharp blade or knife across my um, my neck. Uh, I'm okay with somebody drawing blood. I'm okay with somebody sticking a hook through my body. Like I'm aware of the risk of that, but it is my kink and I have given consent. So it's, it's okay. Um, and again, no judgment for people who are into those sort of things. I've had a knife sort of dragged across my skin before. Um, it was a one-time thing. <laughs> it was very much a one-time thing. But again, as I said, I was I was somebody who was like, I want to try everything. I want to try it all, you know. Um, but after that, that's when I was like, okay, I ain't too much into the edge play. Let's go ahead and step back over this line over here where it's safe. Um, so while it's not like a main, main rule, um, no drinking and no any type of like narcotics, no weed, no drugs, anything like that. Before you do a scene um, or before there's any type of negotiation or contract signing or anything like that. And that's just because we wanna make sure that you are being sane so that you can give your consent. You can't really give your consent um, when you are impaired. You know, that's why you will hear and find different cases and articles about somebody who was drunk and who had sex who then turned around and said that they were raped and you know it's been in the courts for forever you know can you consent if you're drunk and people always say well you can't consent if you're drunk because your inhibitions are lower you don't know what you're doing you know whatever contrary to what Jamie Foxx and T-Pain said blaming it on the goose does not mean that it's okay so no drinking no drugs before engaging in any type of play or anything any type of negotiation there has to be consent that's the biggest rule consent 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 um consent and you have to be an adult (laughs) 
Like, you can't, you can't be a minor. You can't be 17 and, you know, 364 days. Yeah, no, you got to wait a day. Uh, wait 24 hours. You got to be 18 years old. You have got to be an adult in order to give your consent. What if you find someone that is adult in age, but not adult in mind? Okay, so we have had, we have had that before. At least down here in my community, I don't know about other places. We had um, a young man who came in. We don't even, to this day, I don't think anybody really figured out how. He sort of wandered into this public play party that we were having. He presented his ID card. He didn't really say anything. He was dressed like an adult, you know, would look very presentable. He was given a participant bracelet. Nobody really knew what was going on until somebody started to ask him, you know, about his hard limits and his soft limits and stuff. And the way he answered questions, I remember the entire play party came to a halt. Because everybody was like, wait a minute, he doesn't understand. If he doesn't understand, he can't give consent. Like, how old is, you know, and I remember people saying, how old is this kid? How old is this kid? But he was over the age of 18. And that was why he was landing in the first place. You can be an adult in age, but if you're not adult enough to be able to consciously give consent, then it's not considered an adult giving consent. On the other side of that, how do you address suspected sociopaths? Ooh, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, we have what's known as DMs. And I don't mean direct messages people. I mean dungeon masters. These are dom of doms. These are the men and women who are, we'll consider them like presidents and shit. <laughs> like they're the military of the BDSM community. They are the ones who are alerted. I will tell you that most of the time, the people who are DM serve in law enforcement or the military, like they have some type of pool a lot of time, or they know people that know people that know people. Okay. We, like I said, we talk about everything. There are forums, there are uh, group chats, there are <laughs> uh, emails, memos, everything. Once you get connected with the community, they keep you connected. They talk to you about everything. There are forum boards, even on FetLife and on Cage, where people will go on there and be like, beware of X, Y, Z. Beware of this, 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 and this. Case in point, I have gone to my own doms and told them about situations that have gone on, people that I've come in contact with. And they have talked to people that they knew within the community. And I can now go onto forums and see where they say, if you live in this city, beware of this person because this person is saying that they are dumb and they are not, they are dangerous. Beware of this you know, person, beware of this, beware of that. So we definitely keep everybody informed of anything. If a dom or a submissive has an experience with a submissive or a dom or whoever with a person that is dangerous, they let people know, look, I was with this person, we did a scene, this happened, or I was talking to this person and they said this. We had just recently in my community, there was a girl who went off to do 
negotiations with the guy. And she said, you know, he seemed very nice before, maybe a little bit arrogant, but you can't really fault somebody for being arrogant because <laughs> so many, I'm sorry, you have to, in order to be a dom, you have to have some type of arrogance with you because otherwise, what would make you think you can just pick up a, a flogger or whatever and, and just hit somebody and bring them pleasure with it? Like you have to have a bit of arrogance and a bit of confidence in it. So um, she said that wasn't what sort of alerted her to like any type of danger. She said while they were talking and doing contract negotiations, he started to say certain things about what he expected of her. You know, if I bring you a bag and tell you to take the bag and bury it outside in the backyard. I don't, you will not ask me any questions. And she said, well, can I ask you a question now about it? What was in the bag? Why am I burying a bag in the backyard? And he said, you know, because of his job, sometimes he forgets to, you know, throw out trash or some stupid excuse he gave her. And she said, the hairs on the back of her neck start to stand it up. And she was like, hold on. <laughs> Something about this don't seem right. She said then she noticed that there were random like chains and handcuffs, like almost slave chain that were like affixed and nailed to the floor, like all around the house. And she was like, you know, we know no judgment. There are people who are into all kinds of stuff. She was like, but the way that they looked in their placement, she was just kind of like, it again, made her uncomfortable. And so she said, she told him, oh, you know, I just remember I got to get up for work. So can we continue this tomorrow? And he told her no. And she said, yeah, I wasn't really, I mean, I know I asked, but it wasn't really me asking, I need to leave. And she said he stood up and went to stand over her, prevent her from leaving. And she said she kept her phone. She was like, I remember what you said, baby girl, me. I remember what you told me. So she kept her phone in between her legs while they were talking. And she had it like pulled up to where all she needed to do was press one button and it would call um, our local DM, one of our local DMs. And so when he stepped over her, she pulled up the phone and she just pushed the button and started dialing. And he said, what are you doing? And the phone was answered on the second ring. And the one of our local DMs was like, hey, you know, are you okay? What's going on? Because she called his DM line. And she said, I am with, she gave the guy's name. And she said, I want to leave, but he's preventing me from leaving. And he said, do you have me on speaker? <laughs> she said, yes. And he said, okay, hey buddy, how you doing? Not sure why you're standing over her. Not sure you're you're a little nervous. She's gonna leave you, but I just wanted to let you know that I work for the uh, Florida Highway Patrol. I also know, you know, the local police there where you are. I can definitely have at least four cop cars out there for you know for for black and whites out there uh, within five ten minutes. They will escort her out to her vehicle, make sure that she gets home okay. And then they're probably going to take you in uh, just for a little conversation. But, you know, you'll be having that conversation uh, behind bars until your lawyer shows up. So, I mean, completely up to you what you want to do at this point. But uh, I already, like, put a call into them. So they're already on their way. So, I mean, 
you know, you just let me know. And so he backed up. She stood up. She said, okay, I'm leaving out the house now. He's like, okay, he's not following you, is he? She said, no. He's like, all right, buddy, you have a good night. I mean, very, you know, very genial and everything, but very kind of firm at the same time. Because like, even when she was like retelling the story to us, like I got to chill. And I was like, oh, he was pissed. Like He was firm about it. But yeah, we, we definitely have stuff in place. I was speaking with a friend. I don't remember who it is to this day. I'm always saying I can't remember who it is, which one of y'all said this to me. Um, but she was like, so the BDSM is kind of like the Illuminati. And I laughed and I was like, you know, when, when she said it, I laughed about it. I was like, nah. And then I was like, but you know what? Yeah, we kind of are. Like when I think about it, like I'm, I'm beginning to suspect more and more every day that this community I have entered into is actually the Illuminati because. Y'all not telling people, well, if you want to join, you have to do this, you have to do that. Uh-uh. That's what I like. I ain't even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the headlines a week from now going, Jewish woman on podcast said the Jews are the Illuminati. <laughs> Next, that's it. Okay, I don't mean the Jewish community is the, <laughs> I mean the BDSM community is the Illuminati. But no, I mean, just when I think about it, it's very much a, we're everywhere. We are all over the world. People are from all different walks of life. Presidents, CEOs, government officials, royalty, teachers, celebrities. Like every type of like career path, education, everything, we've got somebody involved in it. And, you know, we're connected. We stay connected. We keep in contact with each other. So, I mean, yeah, at this point, I very much believe that, look, I'm not saying for sure that we are. I don't want nobody saying that. I said, look, baby girl said that the BDSM community is the Illuminati. I bet, I bet uh, Hove and Beyonce are part of the BDS, BDSM community because you know they're part of the Illuminati. Look, that's not what I said. Okay. I said, I would not be surprised. And if we are not the Illuminati, we're Illuminati adjacent. Because <laughs> we are just all over the place. You know, I mean, literally everywhere, everywhere. Secret society. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Another secret society that definitely, you know, we're a little bit more known, but even then we still operate in the shadows. Consider us Marvel's The Avengers as well. Like, (laughs) just, you know, Nick Fury, you know, it's like the DM, you know, and Yes. Um, see, this is just going to make that even worse. Okay, so I do know of a Dom who is Black, who has a patch over his eye, who is bald and has a beard and wears leather jackets. We teasingly call him Sir Fury just because he looks so much like me. <laughs> I'm not saying that, you know, the comic was based on him because he is rather up there in age. Um, but I am saying I see similarities. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get all kinds of calls and emails. Now they'll be like, oh, baby girl, why are you out there telling people we the Illuminati and we the, the Avengers? Why are you saying <laughs> I feel like, look, I would, I'm sorry. 
And the comic book nerds gonna get you too because you're gonna get the ones that are going, well, Nick Fury ain't black, no way. He just became black because Samuel L. Jackson was blah, 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 blah. He white anyway. And don't you talk about how young he is because Nick Fury been around all the way since Super Soldier. But, but, and girl, it, you, I'm, it's a can. But it's she a can. already got a Marvel fan that will back up my hand up, and that is Sir J. I promise you, the fact that he even, she uh, compared BDSM to Marvel. He's going to ponder on this for a while and may get a pat. She will get a pat on the head. Depending on how she describes, she will definitely get a pat on the head. So honestly, they could come for her, but he's going to shut that down completely. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting many head pats for that. Okay. Many, many head pats because as look, I did just look when I tell you, I just watched every single Marvel movie. I watched all of them. Okay. Every last one of them watch them in order too but i will definitely say i see some similarities with like the true dongs the one the real ones the comparison to the avengers is huge because you know these are regular people or even people with superpowers or whatever who are out there just to protect other people and that's what doms do that's what dungeon masters do that's what alpha subs do they protect our community. They protect, and a lot of times they are protecting the general public because think about the social paths and the serial killers and stuff like that to try to say that they're doms or try to say they're a part of this lifestyle. We find out about them and we put a stop to them because we got a police officer who's a part of the community who found out about this guy who goes and takes care of them or investigates them and, or whatever, stuff like that. You know, a lot of times you hear, I don't know if y'all watch Investigation Discovery as much as I do, but whenever I watch it, there's always that one story about somebody who is like into kink, you know, oh, you know, he liked to tie women up and blah, blah, blah. They will always say, like, there's always the police chief that says, well, we talked to our local BDSM community and they said that this person came and, you know, whatever, they had an issue with them. So they took care of him. And shortly after that, that's usually when they catch the guy because they're like, oh, yeah, we know who you're talking about. It was this guy right here. As a matter of fact, we got detail. We got records on him. So he came to a month on February the 18th, um, had an interaction with this. As a matter of fact, let me get him on the phone. Like, that's us. That's very much us. So I don't know how that's not Marvel. <laughs> like, I don't know how that's not Avenger behavior. All right. So yeah, BDSM community, Illuminati, Avengers, mesh together, kinky. There you go. That's us. <laughs> Best way to explain it. There you go. <laughs> that is a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, we ended part one of this episode on a good note. And yes, I said part one because there was absolutely more to discuss. So make sure to join us next time for part two as we dive a bit deeper into fake dominance and submissives, questions to ask that will help to keep you safe and not fall prey to those very people, and more things we learn about Kira. Take care.